Hello, and welcome to the Cat and Odd Pod. I'm Cat, And I'm Odd. And we're going to be talking about real, personal issues while sharing fun stories. Um, so we should introduce ourselves. Yes. Even though most likely everyone listening to this already knows who we are. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so. But just in case, we are two 28-year-old women who met and became friends in 8th grade in Alabama. And now I'm a traveling vagabond. And I live in New York with my husband and three pets. And we've both had our fair share of struggles and mental health issues. And really, Kath and I just connected and we want to just use this to talk openly and honestly and and let people feel understood and maybe even help a little. Um, I think that's it, right? That's it. You ready? I'm ready. Let's dive in. Tigers in Texas, not Last week when we talked, you mentioned that today we were going to discuss an experience you had when we were in eighth grade. So we were 13 years old. And yeah, so just tell me everything and anything about this experience that you would like to share. All right, well, it's quite a story. So... (laughs) Well, anything in eighth grade is, so. Yes. All right. So, yes. So, to set the stage, it's 2005. We're in eighth grade. (laughs) I don't Uh even know the years. Oh, I got the year ready. Uh, uh, So, on this day, I've had a very bad day, all right? I've already gotten in trouble for lying about leaving a project at home. (laughs) What month is it? (sighs) You know. I don't know. I believe it's it's um March, April, maybe. Okay, so late year. So you're angsty anyway from that. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. So you've left it, or you got in trouble early. for lying or not yeah. lying, or so whatever. I got in trouble for lying. I claimed that I had left this project <laughs> at home, I, and I lied about it because I forgot to do the bibliography for the project. <laughs> Which is something that Fucking I can bibliography. Like I will continue to do this. For the rest of my academic career. I cannot handle the bibliography. Like, I do not know why, but because I cannot do it. It's stressful and overwhelming, you know? <laughs> you have to follow this prescripted, you know, formula. I hate it. So I, so I just, like, routinely just totally forget about it. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, so I lied about that. I got caught. Um, so it's been a rough morning. Mm-hmm. And then I find out that we have a math test. That I completely forgot about. I'm totally unprepared for. Um, and so, in a moment of frustration, I say something about my math teacher, Miss Strong, that uh, it changes the trajectory of that year, but also like maybe of my whole life. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm le- I'm leaving my English class. I find out about the math test, and I say, "I hate Miss Strong. I hope she dies." <laughs> All right. So my English teacher overheard. She sent me to the assistant principal. The assistant principal called my mom to come in. And it's like this whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Because apparently, in the eyes of this middle school assistant principal, I have threatened Miss Strong's life 
which is straight up untrue. <laughs> I said I wished she would die. I did not say I was going to kill her. All right. But those were the those were the charges was that I had I had threatened charges. Teacher's life. Okay. So now here it's important to take a little time out. Because the next story requires context on what I was like in middle school. Okay, beautiful. And, uh, and I'll just fill in some details for Audra too. Uh, so you never had on like fewer than four belts, <laughs> just kind of wrapped haphazardly around your waist and hips. And I think like a skirt over jeans every day. Yeah, that was my skirt pant phase. Skirt pant phase in the belt. <laughs> cool. Uh, so I would have described myself as a pop punk kid, maybe maybe emo. I don't I don't really remember. But I listened to a lot of good Charlotte, Brand New, Green Day, and really randomly Ashley Simpson, but we're just going to gloss over that. Um, <laughs> I wore my hair straight down, parted in the middle. I wore jeans and a band shirt every day, and I had this Taking Back Sunday track jacket. Uh, and I would I wear it. either Vans or Converse. And I think I was in a Vans phase at this point. And also, like, currently in 2019, I'm also in a Vans phase. Uh, I love that because I was in a Converse phase then, and I'm also in a Converse phase. So it makes sense. And, yeah, you did wear Vans at the time. Well, sir, I'm glad you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it's important to note with all of this that I thought I was cool. Uh, like I knew that I didn't you were cool I I knew that I didn't fit in with everyone especially like the popular kids but I kind of liked that about myself so like I had a good friends I felt like I was capable of being friends with a broad spectrum of people while being different and being true to myself right so I thought that was I thought I was cool so back to the assistant principal (laughs) uh my punishment was threefold Part one, I was suspended for the rest of the day. Cool. Didn't want to be there. Uh, part two was to take anger management classes. Uh, and since this is not a visual medium, I will note that I put air quotes around anger management. <laughs> because what that was, was instead of going to PE every day, I went to the computer lab and read a book called The Purpose Driven Life. <laughs> And just for fun, Audra, I would now like you to read the Wikipedia description of that book that I sent to you. And this I was assigned to read as punishment at a public school in Alabama in 2005. The one you messaged me? Yes. Okay, here we go. The Purpose Driven Life is a Bible study book written by Christian pastor Rick Warren. This book offers readers a 40-day personal spiritual journey and presents that Warren says presents what Warren says are God's five purposes on for human life on earth. I'm doing a really great job reading. <laughs> you did it. I'm proud. Yeah, that's insane, right? Yes, I can't believe that when you told me that. I was like, "What?" There's a lot to unpack there. And I'm <laughs> I'm very sure that we will circle back around to, like, religious indoctrination of our youth on a different episode. But Hell that's yeah. actually not what affected me most in this okay. scenario. Tell me what affected you most. The worst part of the, of the whole experience was the third part of the punishment, which was a series of talks with the assistant principal, my mom, and I about my character. Uh, 
Uh, and somehow, at one point, the discussion about my character shifted and began to center on like my looks and fashion sense. And I remember very clearly the assistant principal looking at me with pity in her eyes and saying, you're more than just jeans and a t-shirt. Uh, I don't remember the exact words that followed that, but it was made clear to me that I was not feminine enough and I didn't take pride in my appearance and that reflected badly on me as a person. And so I know tons of kids receive a version of this message in some way throughout their lives, but just imagine being 13 years old and being told by an authority figure that you do actually kind of respect that your entire concept of yourself is wrong. Because remember, I thought I was cool. And I did try to look cool. Like I had curated these band shirts, right? I had, I only zipped my track jacket three quarters of the way because I had tested very carefully in front of a mirror which way looked best. Um, but from that moment on, I never felt the same again. Um, like obviously there were a few things I was self-conscious about already. I probably would have eventually struggled with this at some point anyway. But to have it just suddenly thrust upon me was devastating. Because uh, I, I was being told that I was a bad person that wished ill upon others, or I don't know, threatened their lives, I guess. And my lack of wearing makeup was somehow a direct reflection on that. Mm. And I've had like phases of self-confidence since then, but I've also had people make remarks touching on similar issues that just bring me right back down. And I don't think I really learned to love myself for exactly who I am until maybe a year ago, or maybe actually more recently than that. Uh, but I think I'm finally at a stage where I know it's okay to be myself and that I don't have to meet any societal standard. And I still struggle sometimes, but I feel like I'm a new person now. First of all, that's beautiful. You're, uh, you've always been cool, though. I mean, Thank you me. are cool. You, I remember the uniform, Catherine. I re like you <laughs> just, I'm so glad you did the description because it just sparks my, my memories. Like, cause I just remember it so clearly. I remember you, I remember like your uniform, your, your general demeanor and, you know, <laughs> I like a year, I mean, we've been best friends since then. Like I just, uh, my general demeanor exact like pop punk on the on the skirt of emo but you were cool and you were confident you've always been and I get we're talking about how we weren't confident how you weren't confident <laughs> and we're like that's what we're unpacking right but at the yeah. same time in my eyes you were always confident in a way that was just comforting and I think that's why we were just so easily able to connect as I think. Well, and, and in that stage of my life, I was in a confident point because I was like, I don't care. I'm doing me. You were like the coolest kid. I'm doing me. <laughs> but, you know, um, so first I'll say that. But also, like, I, I didn't know you went through this experience. And so, like, hearing it now, I mean, how many years, oh, how many years ago is that? I'm not good at math Almost still, 15, I guess. So. <laughs> So like 15 years. So like we're talking about this 15 years later. So like. And like I can picture it in my mind. Like I remember it so clearly. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like how de- like how detailed is this memory? Because that's like an yeah. interesting question about like those moments that change our lives. Like how detailed is it? Yeah, it's very detailed. Like I can picture exactly what the office was. I remember where my mom was sitting. I remember the assistant principal. I remember where I was sitting. I remember how she looked at me, and I remember like that. I remember that sentence. 14, right. 15 years later. Right. And it still affects me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was your mom's reaction? Just curious as to good old Cindy. Um, she went along with it. She, yeah. uh, she, I don't think she saw anything wrong with it. Um, because... I don't think I don't think the assistant principal said it to be malicious. Right. Uh, no. It was just that's that's how they see the world. That's how they were brought up to see the world. And I've actually I've talked to my mom about it a lot. And it's something that she's kind of working on and overcoming herself. Um, but she, I mean, at the time she went along with it, and I think because I think she kind of felt the same way. Like I think mm-hmm. she's always loved me for who I am. But, like, I think she did enjoy sort of if there was an event that I that I would dress up and, and look a little girly. I think she liked it when we went shopping for stuff. Like, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just curious about that. So, she's, you've, so you're, like, in discussion about these type of things with her. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's for better awesome. or worse, we talk about it. Well, hell yeah. Yeah, that's the way I, like, realize now that, like, that's that's another, like, call to courage and communication is, like, having those those tough human conversations with parents or parent figures, you know? Yeah. How often do you, would you say, obviously, guesstimation, do you replay this event in your mind? Like, on a, a weekly, monthly, however you want to put it. So what's interesting about it is I actually... It had such a profound effect on me, mm-hmm. but I didn't really, it was like maybe, it was a little while ago, there was like a thing circulating on Facebook about you know, share share something that changed you, or I don't remember what exactly it was, and I thought about it for a minute, and then this memory sort of flooded back to me. Not so like I hadn't forgot about it, but I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time stewing over it. It obviously was still affecting me because I can point out very specific events in my life that like this that right. you know had a thing. But then I sort of remembered it and I was like, that's so fucked up. <laughs> um Right. So is that when you realized how important like this experience was yeah. on you when that Facebook post was shared? Yeah. You know, I found that with multiple people that as we grow older, we come more attuned with these like memories that replay for us. And and if you're doing any type of self work, you start to say like, how did this experience shape me? Like, what could this have done? And I know you and I have talked about this a lot, but obviously I've had many similar experiences with how in a different way than you were but how I was told I was supposed to look and Mm -hmm. present myself and 
you know, that conflict and that confliction and what it's created, you know, within myself and who I became over the years. And I remember that that year, it was a lot of push against, you know, there was this strong dress code and here was me being a weirdo. And, <laughs> I mean, an awesome weirdo, don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, there was some push against that they were comfortable with. Yeah, because it made people uncomfortable. But it's just funny because I remember like similar about my dress and, you know, because I would wear, like Catherine said, like skirt over my pants and, and four <laughs> belts and bright colors and tutus and I had a Dora the Explorer backpack do you remember the rolly Dora the Explorer no. backpack no yeah and I was sure the- that your hair was like the most perfectly straight hair that ever existed and you would you wouldn't let it stay on one side of your shoulder for too long because you said it would crease I am so I don't remember that at all but that was my natural hair like that was just what yeah that's my that's just my hair when it dries like that and that's where I think for me too was that year I felt very much myself and I feel connected to that girl still. But I think after that year is where I kind of started my descent into, you know, what we all go through or, or I shouldn't say that what a lot of people experience to my knowledge of losing ourselves and, and trying to base our appearance based on what society or maybe the people that are important to us believe we should present like and look like so question back to you because I have more questions that I want to get through yes yes yes. uh so in what ways did you start did this like manipulate or change the way you maybe dressed or presented over the years it doesn't have to be immediately but over the years how do you think that and other other similar situations you said you've experienced which I'd also love to hear about those I'm so glad you asked um so I think the summer after eighth grade I got like a significant haircut that was uh it was still sort of had like sort of a, a punk rock sort of feel to it but it was definitely more feminine and more uh styled Mm -hmm. so and that was I don't and I loved that haircut so I don't I don't know if that's a negative but I did start to pay more attention to how I looked Mm -hmm. and felt I don't know it's like I simultaneously struggled and enjoyed not being feminine and sort of being one of the boys and because sometimes that's great like, it's really, like, when I was in a band with the guys, like, it was great to be one of the boys and play along. When I had a crush on my best friend, it wasn't so great to be seen as one of the boys. Yeah. Um, so, like, it was, it was hard. And then I, especially once I got to college and I went into education, yes. we know the type of people who typically are the education majors, and they are not. Me. Tell me more about that experience. I am curious. I think that's kind of another point where it started to really hit me like, oh, I'm so different than these people. Um, Because they're just a lot of just really girly, I'm sorry, cardigan wearing. Just really girly girls. You know, they wear like matching sweatshirts and, you know, sort of a lot of them were in sororities. Um, And they were. Mm 
they were super nice. Like I, I love a lot of the girls that were in my cohort. Not all of them, to be clear. Uh, <laughs> um, I definitely felt like I did not fit in. Um, and so then when we got to our internship, like the student teaching, I almost failed my student teaching because with like three weeks left, my supervising teacher decided that I, I didn't dress up enough and therefore didn't care about the class. Wow. Despite everything else about me screaming the opposite. Like I worked really hard. I clearly adored the kids. Like I was trying really hard. And she said, yeah, we've all kind of been talking about it. And it's just like you wear jeans a lot and it just, it just comes off like you don't care. And I was like, mm. okay, but on the first day, like the principal was talking to us about the dress code and she said like she didn't, that it was fine. So I was just really confused. Right. Um, and so like that was a moment where I was confronted with like, okay, to look professional, I guess I have to be feminine. And I honestly kind of remember that change. Yeah. I mean, I know that you and I didn't see each other all the time in college, but I just remember subtle things that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which I don't care. I was, like, supportive of whatever you do you, but I, it was just more of a that's, you but know. But it, so- it wasn't doing me. It was doing right. everybody else. And so um, that's something that I've had to, un- like, as a, almost as a mantra, unlearn that uh, professional doesn't equal feminine. Um, yeah hell yeah professional means that you're dressed appropriately you're clean you're put together and you can do that if your hair is up you can do that if your hair is down the little makeup a lot of makeup or no makeup that's not what it is and like that's it's something I my the whole time I was teaching that I struggled with um was I don't I felt like I wasn't dressing professionally and like I and then like my friends because I was lucky enough to be teaching with friends who understood me. And mm-hmm. they said, Catherine, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you know? and I was like, I just feel like it's not because I've been trained right. so long. And I think, and that over, just overall in that time period, I feel like I, I lost myself in so many ways. Because um, I was also struggling with a tremendous amount of anxiety when I was teaching. And it was, Due to many factors, but like my my friend Alvin said to me recently that he thinks we feel the most anxiety um, when we're not being true to ourselves. And when he said that, I thought back and I was like, yeah, because I was living this fake life. You know, there were things in that environment specifically that made me anxious, but also like I was pretending that I was just like this normal Alabama girl and I had a house and I had a husband and I was teaching and that was a great job to have a family, and I was this, this, and this, and it was none of the things that I actually am. Right. So yeah. That was difficult. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that that quote is so relevant. Yeah, when you're the most anxious is when you are not being true to yourself. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, there are a billion other factors, but absolutely. Yeah. So. Coming on to the other side of it, you know, you said that in the last year, maybe even more recently, you have been coming more into yourself. And so I want to know about that process, how that has become 
what are the specifics that you feel like are becoming or parts of becoming more of yourself? It's obviously so multifaceted. Um, right. Uh, but if I can pinpoint a few things, number one is I left home. I moved to New York. I got away from a place that I'd never fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to a place that where everybody fits in because there's 8 million of us. Right. Um, and so I think that was a huge factor. And I also felt very independent. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was doing my own thing for once. And I was sort of, it was, <laughs> it, was it was like, I'm a new person. Yeah. Um, I think that was very important for me. That's obviously that's not for everybody. Um, but I do think taking a step to be independent or not, and not being afraid to leave a place that you don't fit in or you don't like is very important. Hell yeah. And New York looks good as hell on you. Thanks. Um, and then another thing is, uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but I will. Uh, so, cause for a long time, my Almost my biggest fear was like, oh, I don't want to look like a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. And that's insane because I finally woke up one day and realized, what's wrong with that? And what does a quote lesbian look right. like? Right. Also, yeah, know? there is no look. But like, if that's the worst thing someone can think about me, that's awesome. Right. Like, right. There's, there's, that's not a bad thing to think of someone. Um, and so I sort of, was like, oh, uh, well, that doesn't matter. That's a dumb fear. Um, And so then I think another big thing was that I cut my hair off. And that sounds superficial (laughs) and dumb, but it's something I've literally been talking about doing for 10 years. And I was afraid to do it because I made made a million excuses. Right. and and those were kind of reasons, but also, it it's not feminine. I felt right, right. I would I would be judged. I wouldn't fit in. I would you know be be seen as 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 one of those lesbians. You know, that's so uh, true. So, yeah, because right yeah. And in Alabama, that's can be kind of scary. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, and then kind of coming to terms. Some other things about myself, realizing them, and it's interesting because we talked about earlier how, as you reflect and you learn more about yourself, like these little things from the past click into place, and you're like, oh, so like I realized that I'm bisexual, and I'm like, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, yeah, that's why I liked Katy Perry so much. That. That tracks now. And like Ashley I, Simpson. Let's not forget Ashley. I, I wanted to gloss over Ashley. <laughs> we can't. We have. I have too many memories of Ashley Simpson yeah. to gloss over. Like, yeah, and like all these other little things. I'm like, okay, so I was terrified of being perceived as a lesbian, and may, because I, maybe I was afraid of knowing somewhere inside me, like, oh yeah, you're bisexual. This could be a thing that makes life difficult for you. Right. I didn't want someone to like point that out within me in some way. Right. 
Yeah. I think like those things are, those are the big pieces. Well, yeah. And I think that I felt that in the last few years, I felt you coming back more into yourself and more into your just confidence and, and badassness and I'm happy for you. And now I want to ask you as this person who, you know, we're always doing work. So still coming into yourself, but who is more close to yourself, very reflective, very self-aware. What would you go back and say to 13 year old cat? Oh, wow. Like I have something I would say, but it seems so cliche. But I think what I would say is it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you're, so many of your dreams are going to come true. And like, just be like, hey, it'll happen. Just be patient. Right. Um, and don't, it's hard too because I don't, I wouldn't change anything. Like everything that happened, you know, made me who I am right now, which is another cliche thing to say. But, um, but, but yeah, it's I think, just I think true. I just want to comfort her and be like, it's all okay. And also none of this matters. <laughs> Not a damn thing that happens over the next five years of your life matters at all. Everything and nothing. Everything yeah. and nothing. Yeah. So yeah, we're, cul- we're the culmination of all our experiences and, and everything we've met. And, you know, I think that struggling with like losing the self and then connected to self-image you know, based on what's this which we talked about like today i was struggling with you know what's what is what i actually should look like and versus what i've told myself based on what society feels like i need to look like well, first of all you eliminate the word should right and <laughs> so huge huge topic we could probably record 10 more podcasts just on that but thank you for sharing your experience with a. Uh, Eighth grade, bringing us back to the eighth grade when we became friends. Miss oh, yeah. Oh, I was about to say his real name, Choir. <laughs> Is that where we hung out? In choir? That's where you passed me the first note, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I still, I sent you that note the of you, like, giving me your phone number. Was there more to that note, or did I literally just say, here's my phone number? There's, I'm sure that we had been passing before. miscellaneous yeah, okay. notes. I'm just, I have, you I have had, that one, and I still yeah. have the same phone number. Yeah, I, I think I do too. You do too. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could spout it off if I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's. Uh, I'm glad that you're uh, coming back into your own. We're all, we're all on our path. But you know, <laughs> thanks, thanks for sharing. I'm glad that it was interesting. I look I work in insurance I should probably look more into that but you work uh, in insurance this <laughs> <laughs> for the moment you discover I work in insurance yeah oh what I thought you did like curriculum development or something 
No, I'm a project manager. So I can't mean that you, I'm, my world has exploded.